Well, yeah. Well, Newt Gingrich is like, uh, no, well, Newt Gingrich is a dumb is what dumb people think a smart person looks like, right? Like, like, I mean, because uh, he tries to do the intellectual thing, like, and w- whenever anybody says Solomonsky, you know that's somebody pretending to be intellectual. Okay, well, we can't really take Ben Carson seriously. Though. Well, yeah, but they're, but not, it's not only Ben Carson. We're like Sol- a Solomonsky liberal. <laughs> I mean, you never read a book. <laughs> I barely know who Solomon's kids. Yeah. I'd... And I am a Satan worshiping communist. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Like, a big ups to Lucifer for big, big. being the first radical. I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Basil Bob, for all he's done for me. <laughs> I'm a Baal guy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the cow? Is it? Is that the golden cow guy? Uh, I feel like there's another name. Oh, no, I'm wrong. What is it? Got a fertility, weather, rain, wind, lightning, seasons, war, sailors, blah, blah. The symbol is the bull, though. So I was right. Uh, the gold yes. is, because remember, that's when Moses, uh, Exodus. Exodus, yeah, when the, uh, that, the, that movie with Christian Bale and all the white people. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was that's Egypt. A, that, that was Egypt. That was Egypt. <laughs> it was... Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Bits Per Second Bit Players Podcast. Hey. I'm Jared. I'm Jim. I'm Tim. And we are here to bring you all of the most wonderful ideas and conversations that you could possibly imagine. This that's, is my new positive self. That's what It's really working. We're not, I'm not going to say fart and bumble anymore. I'm not going to say anything about tripping over dicks. Like, I'm just... Were we saying that before? <laughs> Well, it's now on this episode. It's on yeah, this yeah, episode. like on this one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, we're, so just a little recap. What we're going to do is we, we go over... We're not going to do shit players anymore? We're not doing shit players anymore. Oh, come on. Um, we, um, we take a few topics, we talk about them, and then we, and then we get to the end where we all um, quit our bits in and talk about something that we just can't let go of um, that we've been thinking about a lot, a lot lately. And we are actually fortunate... To have our friend Greg Burgess from the band Warbler Roos is coming here to talk to us about Newport Folk Fest and being a musician in our wonderful little area of the country. Yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be great. Like I'm always, I'm very uh, I think Folk Fest is very cool. It brings a sort of variety of music, even though it's not ne- not necessarily limited to folk in the strictest sense. Huh? Fucking Patty Smith is playing. Yeah, I am so amped up for Patty Smith and Elvis Costello. And Elvis Costello, and I Elvis Costello. did not know that. I probably would have tried to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. I, and every year, I, I, because you have to buy your tickets in January. Oh yeah. Without knowing what the lineup is going to be, and every year I say I don't want to spend the money, mm-hmm. and then every year I'm very thankful that I did because it's always killer. Like Flight of the Concords is on Friday. Yeah. Like that's for, that for musical comedy people. Um. So first off, we're gonna get um. We're gonna jump right into it. Uh, and talk about family-friendly shows. Uh, what are they like? How is it different from doing a regular improv show? Um, when you're gearing your jokes for kids, do you have to dumb them down or just make them clean? Well, I mean, you just... Jared just did his first family-friendly show with the Vit Players last night. Yeah. After how many years? After, <laughs> nine, trying to keep him out. after nine years of improv, <laughs> I done my first family-friendly show. Um, last night, actually, we had a... Sold out crowd. Uh, shout out to Kent Ramaka. Mm-hmm. Um, a regular. They, they, they come to us once a year, I think, for yep, the past yeah. few years. Uh, yeah, so they're, they we, we enjoy having them, and they seem to enjoy us. So, yeah. uh, interesting camp, though. 
We asked them what their activities included, and one of them was Soul Cycle. Soul Cycle? That sounds yeah. like a great fighting video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, is that the like is that the Asylum version of Ghost Rider? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's the one that Giselle Bunchen does. I only know that because of her what. Intro. What is it really though? Is it like spinning or something? It's yeah, spin, okay. isn't it? yeah, it's okay. spinning with like club music, and that's why like the, the the like if you're ever in a strip mall and you hear shouting and like really loud, like <laughs> just really loud thumping music and shouting like just just someone shouting incoherently. I don't that know what it like, is, but deep in my heart, I feel I feel the the energy of motivated women nearby. <laughs> it could what, be a rave. Well, it doesn't oh no, it's a rave if it's in a field. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If it's in a strip mall, it's Soul Cycle. Yeah, like because we like well, one just opened up uh, down the street from us, uh, and and also like there was one in the in the place that my wife and I went to, like to the the, the place that catered our wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we were having our meeting, just like three three doors down, not the van, but from from us. Uh, was Here just without like, you, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Here's you. Um, was just thumping techno music and like. You really freaked out the dog. Who is? <laughs> That's like a lot of instructions for keep pedaling. That's yeah. I know. Like, why? Why are you paying to get shouted at? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like those boot camps where, like, the the idea of it, like, I totally get. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to be, like, pushed to your limits and whatever. But in the end, you're paying someone to scream at you. Yeah. Just a form of accountability. It's people, people, like, some people feel like they can't do it for themselves, but if they put something on the line, whether it's someone else being disappointed in them or, or money, then, yeah. uh, then they, it just gives them something. That seems very Eastern. It seems very culture of shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember hearing a, an interesting thing uh, where someone mentioned a friend who was Jewish and put a bunch of money uh, on uh, on the line and basically said to his friend, if I don't co- meet this goal in working out in this amount of time, I want you to donate this publicly to this anti-Semitic group. Huh. Oh, I was wondering why we had to know the guy was Jewish. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're like, what the hell, Tim? What the hell? I don't know, Tim. So I got this Jewish guy. Hey, right? He's like, I don't well, put thought- some money in it. <laughs> and I heard the Trump campaign is hard up for money, so so yeah, family friendly shows. Let's just jump right back into that. Oh, yes. When you're doing a show that's geared towards kids, do you have to dumb it down, or is it just you're changing focus? Not even dumb it down. Just are you are you cleaning up your material, or are you putting on a completely different show? I think there's a filter. Yeah. Uh, like, you definitely have to go into it with a little bit of a mindset that, that's different, but I don't think it's the same as dumbing it down. To be honest with you, mm. I feel like it's usually smarter than with adults. A lot of times yeah. at adult shows, they come in with really base ideas and suggestions. And, and they're shit-faced. They're, yeah, they're shit-faced <laughs> drunk. They want to hear... They want to just yell the word vagina as loud as they can in a theater. And kids, you come to them and ask them for something, and you you really don't know what they're going to say. Yeah, yeah they, they will, will... They will... They'll get really creative with it. Uh, um... I think I I have to kind of brush up more for the kids' shows than for anything else, but mainly because the kids are on a, like on a different culturally on a different level than I am. They're uh, like they're la- they're well, I mean, and you're probably the most connected to them anyway, though, because you are a teacher. Yeah, I like teach high school. So like, uh, I mean, you're always watching the kids and <laughs> always watching those kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, but but even like yeah, even for my job, I kind of have to still be like literate in the things that they're uh, that they're that they know. Yes, yeah. so, you don't have to be in depth, but you have to be, have that like first paragraph on Wikipedia level knowledge of everything, right? Yeah, uh, which uh, yeah, which, which uh, don't which is a work that don't necessarily have to do for adult shows. Because uh, well, because oftentimes with the adult shows, it's really just. Like, at least for me, I, the one thing I feel compelled to do for adult shows is just have a vague awareness of what's going on in the news on, uh, before a show. Yeah. Because yeah. there has been at least one or two times where I've gone up there and someone's like, oh, the such and such thing that happened, and I don't know what it is, even though everyone else clearly does, because I happen to just, you know, not read the news that morning or something like that. Yeah, to know, to, to know what to, like, what to take and to know what to avoid. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So, stuff. Adults love to yell out about something really tragic that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> we just say, well, yeah, I'm glad that's out there. Let's forget it now. <laughs> I, I always name my uh, weekly bar trivia team after whatever horrible thing has happened <laughs> that week. And it's caused a few issues. I'm not going to say any any of some of the more recent horrible ones, but last last night's team name was Vanny Vidivici dash Melania Trump. <laughs> <laughs> The previous week was far more offensive, though. Oh. Um, that's, yeah, not they, that, that's not offensive, yeah. really. But culturally, they are on such a different plane. And when you're a teenager, or, you know, a tween, kind of in that area, I mean, if you think about it, you have access to all this technology, and your only concerns are social and cultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially during the summer. I mean, these are all kids at camp right. that we had last night. So they get to spend all their time, you know, just thinking about the nonsense that I wish I could spend all my time thinking about. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it's a, and it's a, it's hard work because, uh, we, it's hard work not to just try to reach out to them through like SpongeBob or Harry Potter. Mm. Cause that's like, I feel like that's, that's those the are, fallback. Like, those, oh, those are things that, that existed when we were young enough and still like remained relevant. So it's like a, a, a connection between the last generation and this one. Yeah. The kids know things other than Spongebob and Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, big time. That's a, yeah, and that's the challenge. It, I, I think it was really helpful and a nice step that Khan took to try to give an outline to all of our members. Uh, Khan is one players. of the members of the bit players. Yeah, Khan is a member yes. of the bit players who's on the, in the younger end. I believe he's 20, right? He's 20, 20 yeah. 20 years old. Yeah. And he he made made a, a list of all like modern cartoons and, and what they're about and characters in them to sort of give the rest of the bit players a, a better frame of reference for the family-friendly shows. Yeah, and that was, I mean, so yesterday, I was, like, brushing up on that, and then it never came up, so I didn't need to use it at all. Yeah, you never know, that's the thing. But on the same level, you know, I thought, like, the most important thing I could do is to learn all the lyrics to um, Taylor Swift's 1989 album, because <laughs> I might need them at some point, and I still haven't used them. But well, they're all sitting there. I, th- I think just knowing them is a good thing. I think that betters you as a person a little bit, even if you never get to use it for comedy. It's cool. Are you going to cover Ryan Adams' cover of... Uh, the album. I'm just gonna sing into a microphone with a lot of reverb on it, and I'm gonna call that my cover of Ryan Adams. 
That's kind of like sad Bruce Springsteen. I think this is a great demonstration of the difficulty to do improv for younger people that we're talking about family-friendly stuff geared towards kids and you guys get to Brian Adams references real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. Ryan Adams. Oh, Ryan will be Ryan. Oh, all right. Ryan Adams. Come on. Get with he's the still time. called really relevant. He's still relevant. Yeah. <laughs> he's like 10 years younger than... <laughs> Uh, Why can't I think of a Ryan Adams? Brian Adams song. A Brian Adams song? Oh, Give me your all that I want. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hey, didn't he do the awful one? Awful love. Yeah, that was him and Rod Stewart and Sting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Three Musketeers. Oh, man. What? Oh, man. Kids don't have it good. They have it as good nowadays. <laughs> so old men talking about how it used to be. We had... Charlie Sheen and Kiefer Sutherland and Oliver Platt as our action stars. Chris O'Donnell, too. And Chris O'Donnell, yeah. The thing with a Western is you don't have to update it for current cultural trends. Right, exactly. Um, well, yeah, because all the stuff that was culturally um, uh, taboo, yeah. like, or all, all the stuff that, that was culturally inappropriate back then is now kitschy yeah. and uh, like self-aware, like in Tarantino stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, one of the funny things that I, I notice about myself anytime I try to talk to a teenager, which I admittedly do it less than Jim does, but... Um, I don't talk to them. But I did this last <laughs> night, the family-friendly show, I do it with my niece and nephew, um, and one of the things I always try to do is kind of, like, appropriate their culture mm-hmm. to make it, you know, more... I'd be like, hey, I'm cool, guys, I'm not, like, old man, I look at me, I'm hip, I'm hip, so last Want to smoke, kid? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they would punch me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that the girls from the camp last night kept talking about was swill. And I assumed that it was like some kind of jungle juice. So I talked about how, you know, I wanted to get some swill. I always get some swill. I made several references to references to this throughout the show. And it turns out that swill was actually a 13-year-old boy. Really? Wow. Wait. It was like a nickname they had for this dude, but like all the girls at this camp knew it, so they would always yell out stuff about swill because it's like that's who they're obsessed See, with. Right swill now. is what my family used to refer to like really shitty water, like really like standing water. Hmm. And that was like there was an SNL skit, uh, a sketch that Bill Murray was in with like the water bottle on Lake Erie, <laughs> where like he, he pours it and it's like pouring ketchup out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, that backfired pretty good. I so, so were they laughing at it when you used it? Oh yeah, they thought it was oh, great. <laughs> Look at this old bald dude being stupid. <laughs> but yeah, there 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 is a filter you have to turn on where, um, and Jim and I were talking about this earlier. The thing is, I'm perfectly capable of not being obscene. I make a conscious choice every time to mm-hmm. be obscene because that's what I think is funny. Yeah, so you can turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I can turn it off. I need to. I'm fa- yeah. I'm fairly good at not. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I've never said anything inappropriate at a kids' show. Uh, not to not that I can remember. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know some of us have let it slip at some points. You know. Mm-hmm. I did once do a bar mitzvah mm-hmm. show. Oh, I, but right, I, I count that as a kids' show because that was him celebrating becoming a man. Oh yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> that's right. So they were adults at that point. Yes. <laughs> So we can talk about whatever we want. And uh, for, your, for you, Tim, they were Jewish as well. Were they? Okay. Yes. Well, that's good. And the kid's name was Jared. So, I mean, it worked out really well. We had a lot in common, and I made a joke about him getting mad chicks just like me. 
I was very arrogant when I was like 27 years old. Um, oh, yeah, you're way different now. Way different now. <laughs> yeah, much more arrogant. Now. <laughs> um, so every Wednesday at the Firehouse Theater in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, on Broadway, um, they we are having a family-friendly show. That's part of our actual, our um, over... So we do have the... Um, so we do have a lot of shows coming up. So we, so if you have kids and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, you're a bad parent because you're letting, listen, letting your child listen to me swear at them. <laughs> but if you can get over the fact that they just judged you, um, bring your kids bring down. Bring that audience bring, in. Bring them all down. Bring, them, bring the kids down to the firehouse theater you know, <laughs> for a fun family-friendly It show. actually is a lot of fun. Like, the kids all seem to have fun. We bring them up on stage. Like, the, the kid, one thing, the, the kids tend to respond at, like, Wide variety of kids, like wide variety of ages too. Like you know, very, like we've had very young kids come. We've had like tweeners come, teenagers mm-hmm. come. Um, they all love Vlad. Vlad, our resident mime, uh, resident like, Russian mime, Russian mime, studied with Marcel Marceau. He's great. Uh, they, uh, and they love to come up and participate. Yeah. Uh, and you can see like the kind of the, the look in their eyes, like the, the of the, like the the sort of. Naughty choir boy look. Like we invite them up on stage, they love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so. actually, this week, um, next week, we will have a race car driver. Correct? Yeah. We will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Bit Players has a car in the Sport Four division at Seekonk Speedway with our logo on it. He's a, a friend of mine, and he's going to be actually bringing the car and having it out front of the theater prior to the family friendly show, so kids can come check it out, take yeah. a picture, talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. I know he's he's super into it. He's the type of guy who. If you go, oh, hey, like, I looked in the car and the steering wheel's this color, why? And he'll talk for an hour about why. Yeah. And, and his name is Mike excited. Belanger. Mike Belanger, yep. Yeah. And he's also currently in first place in the in, in points for the, se- for the season, so we, nice. we've got a winner. So as he's passing people, they have to look at the Bit Players logo. That is exactly right, That's yep. right. That's how I like it. So, so doing good. Doing Only good. put the logo on the back, because all people say. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> So actually, I got to step out for a little bit. If you guys want to take on the next topic, are we doing our first interview? Yes. yes. Okay. I got to yeah. step out. So if you guys just want to take this over, all right, mm-hmm. send, send oh, them in on your way out. Send I will. I will. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I mean, we thought we we're gonna have uh, we we've got two musicians on. Yeah. Uh, nice so I figured it would be good to talk about musical uh, musical improv a little bit and just or just like uh, being a musician in uh, in this area, being mm-hmm. where we're in. Uh, a small little kind of al- alcove artistic community in uh, you know, a budding artistic community yeah. in Rhode Island, um, and so uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to welcome a, uh, a a a very a fairly prominent musician Absolutely. that's risen Dare I say from locally famous, locally famous, uh, but actually expanding beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you know I'm sure it needs no intro- introduction, but DJ Double Stuff is here. Yo 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 yo. How's it going, guys? Good yeah, to see you. It's, it's, so, it's good like, to see you. Good to see you, and thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you know, to, you know, I just got to hop in my Kia, get my ass down here. A very reasonable car, yeah, you know. Oh, like, yeah. It, so you haven't let that fame get to your head. No, it's yet. a Kia Rondo. It's got plenty of space for my DJ decks. Yeah, because you, you, yeah, you got to carry that stuff around. That's one thing, you know. Now, does it bother you, like, being one one person with all this equipment? Like, you normally you'd have, like, a van to... Carry the rest yeah, of them. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I used to have some roadies and stuff that you would help out, but uh, they're they're not allowed out too late at night because of blue laws and stuff. So it's just me now. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I wish I had someone else to carry stuff for me. It does. You know, I did hurt my back a little while ago, so I had to switch to just my laptop for for a little while. But you know, it went all right. It went all right. 
cool. No, that's good. Now, like, I mean, do you, like, what's your music like? Like, what 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 are your influences in this? Let's see. Um, I have a variety of influences. Um, I'm a big fan of Moby. Ah. Uh, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Oh, of course. Um, you know, pretty much, you know, David Bowie. Um, Bowie. Bowie, Bowie. yeah, yeah, Bowie. Yeah. Um, Pavement. Not the band, um, Rhodes. Oh, oh, Pavement. Actual Rhodes, because nothing comes hot at you than a road. That's true. That's true. Oh, yeah, so like, it's so your, would you say your, your music has that intensity? I would say it has that intensity in 10 cities. (laughs) <laughs> was it? I'm sorry. Was that ten cities or tent cities? Intensity is tent cities. Tent okay. cities. Oh, so very popular amongst like refugees. Also, also known as Hooverville. <laughs> so like, don't don't make a Michael Bay movie where your music is because you're going to get trampled. Correct. By, you're going to get run uh, a Humvee run through. You. Correct. Not a, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Though Bad Boys Two was bomb. Oh, whoa. Yes. Well, I mean, shit just got real. Yo, remember when Henry Rollins was a cop? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a cop in a lot of movies, actually. Yeah, it's the, weird, the, the Chase, he was the cop in The Chase with Charlie Sheen. He was. And uh, Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the first one. Yeah. Yeah, none of that Sarah Michelle Gellar bullshit. Yeah, I know. Mannequin 2 on the move. <laughs> ah, well, so, um, now that we've bonded. Um, so, you've recently come into a spot of fame. Like, what? Like what is it that's... Uh, what, what has... Uh, uh, stopped you from becoming just a local phenom and now is, like, making you a little more of a national name. You know, I think it's just hard work. You know, I take any show. So, oh, yeah. Like, well, that's how you got That's what you got to do. So, like, this Friday, I'll be actually be doing... Um, I, I will not be playing at Newport Folk Fest, but I will be playing in my friend's apartment, which is near Newport. Mm. In um, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Oh, well, I feel like that that's pretty far. I feel, I feel like that's a little bit, a little bit of a trek from Newport. And, uh, I mean, but guy. it's both the water. So if you take a boat, right? Oh, that's actually. So, oh, if you take like a ferry there, that's actually. Yeah, a, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. So I'm trying to work out a ferry system More between Folk route. Fest yeah. and Plymouth, Massachusetts. While we're playing, um, actually, he, the guy he lives like really close to Plymouth Rock, like in the same city. Ooh, with Pilgrims Landed, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got a show coming up. Uh, I've heard that one of the things that draws people in is there's a, a very performative aspect to your show. Can you walk us through what you, one of your shows is like? Sure, sure, sure. So first, before I even leave the house, right, I go into my bathroom, and I just rub Vaseline all over my body. Okay. Because you want to be slick and ready. Because you never know when people are going to be coming at you. They're going to be like, DJ, double stuff, I want to touch you. Like, no, 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 you can't touch me. You got to be slick. Slide right off. Slide, you right, slide off. right off. Slide right off. And then they're like, yo, what's that? I'm like, yo, sperm. And then they get all freaked out. But I'm just kidding. I say, I'm glad to know that because I, up to now, thought it was sperm. So now that I know it's really Vaseline, yeah. that makes me feel better. No, this is Vaseline. Well, I'm a, I'm a little pissed off because I took that as a sample and, uh, and uh, I was hoping that you would one day father my children. Uh, I mean, it would be... I'm not, I, 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 I took it to the, the, to the, the, uh, to the clinic. And I mean, <laughs> I would still I would still father your children if you want. Oh, would you? I'd be happy to. Oh, all right. I oh, got that's... a few kids. I got a few kids. So you got a few... Oh, well, what, are the, what are the names? Uh, Zoe, Zebra, Zeno, and Zero. Ooh. So you, so you did the whole Kardashian thing of naming them all. All like, Z's. All the same letter. Why Z? Um, because it is my favorite letter. Nice. All right. That's a good, good letter to be favorite, yeah. yeah. So it's like an S, but it's like hotter. 
right? Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. It is hotter than an S. The yeah. Z is hotter. Um, so how do you... Is there any... Um, uh, what I don't know. What's there? Are there? Is there any like public like misconception about electronic dance music that you'd like to address or like to prove wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard people say before that that EDM DJ music is all just like farting on keyboards, right? Like, oh yeah, like I mean, I, just I like, thought it, it was. It, I, I was under the impression that it was all farting on. Keyboards. No, 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 no. So it's because there's it, that there's that Avicii album where it's just like. Yo, fuck a VG. Like, I don't have time for that. Yeah, no, I don't have time for that. That guy's a sellout. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the people, the, the, it takes a lot of work. Like, you gotta plan that out. Mm-hmm. So, like, it is correct that when I walk into a club, all I do is hit one button, mm-hmm. and I pretend to move turntables that aren't really there. But, when I was at home, I probably spent, like, 15 minutes putting together that playlist. That's a lot of time out of my day. Like I don't have a lot of time. Well, what, what's what's key to putting together your playlist? Well, see, this is where it gets a little more interesting. <laughs> so, what I do is I got my drum machine under my left hand, and on my right hand I've got a Casio keyboard. A Casio like uh a, like an old one like a, from the eighties like. The... Um yeah, it's actually a Muppet keyboard. Ooh. Yeah, so like Carmen Miss Piggy on one side. And then Gonzo and Fozzy, Muppet Babies. Ooh, Muppet Babies keyboard. Sorry, I was not specific enough for you. Well, no, no, no. That's, yeah, that, that, that makes a difference. So, um, I primarily the um, I call it a sample, but I'm really just playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I primarily play a uh, little little tugboat on my keyboard while I put the sick bass drum behind it. So, boom, 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 boom. That's really cool. Like, yeah. I, I'd be, I'd be bumping to that. Yeah, the key is to always about. use public domain music. Well, the, actually, yeah, that that's uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Well, a lot of movies are doing it. That's why you see like Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, and. Like the, it's the only one I can think of for some reason. I don't Abraham know why. Abraham Lincoln, a, Vampire Hunter. Abraham Lincoln. But, well, that's well, it's not technically public domain. Well, I guess if you're looking at the book, yeah, because like he didn't really have to pay for it. Thomas Jefferson, of, serial rapist. Thomas, well, that's true though. Like <laughs> of, of slaves, yeah. <laughs> uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Guy that got guy rabies. That got rabies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually pretty well educated. You would be you'd be surprised. Yeah, uh, no, you know that uh, that the that the myths that he died uh, of like, of alcoholism or addiction are uh, are are false. I mean, he was a drunk. For oh, sure. he certainly was. But he passed out in the gut and he got rabies. Rabies, yeah, yeah. It's pretty heavy shit. Uh, yeah, uh, do you do does Edgar Allan Poe inspire your music at all? I got you know. See, all right. So one time. I got in an argument with my friend, right? Uh-huh. And I was fighting because he borrowed one of my turntables that I don't actually use. And he did not return it to me in a timely manner. So what happened was, we were arguing, and I accidentally killed him. So, killed I couldn't... Accidentally. Acci- you know, sometimes, sometimes when you, like, you're arguing with a friend and you put your hands around his neck just to like make the point, sometimes you pop it. I... Some- 
you're saying you're using the second person like this has happened to us. Yeah, I, 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 I would. Know. Sometimes that happens though. Like you guys well, have been there, right? Like, you, like, well, it was an you accident. You try and drive your point home, and but you weren't you weren't charged or anything. Well, know. not exactly because what happened was I was I needed to hide the body, so I chopped it up in little pieces and I um, buried it under the floorboards of my apartment. Oh, like in a, oh oh okay, and so so this is. Uh, the, the inspired by the the uh, Telltale Heart, the great no no no, uh, no. the Telltale Heart was inspired by me. Oh, so you did this in the nineteenth century? Is that I, a, did, I did, uh, like, uh, well, hey, so you inspired the great Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. So it's not so it's the other way around. Yeah. So yeah, then, I did, mean, did you also inspire Robert Durst, the, we have the a, other great artist? We have, he and I also have a give and take relationship. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I met him maybe when I was like a teenager. In like 1826, and he was like a really nice guy, um, but he just like went through women like it was nobody's business. Like just that's true. He just uh, just disposed of them. Like, just disposed right, of went them. right through them. Yep, used them up. Threw I them actually, out. <laughs> I actually gave him the idea to um, use them as fertilizer instead of trying to like put them in a dumpster. Wow! Well, so you would—you are—you're not only uh, an inspirational artist, but you're—you're you're out there, like you're—you're you're out there helping others, giving yeah. back to nature, giving too. back to nature. Yes, that's certainly. You know the way, as I always say, guys. Um, you can plant a tree, and that's great. But if you plant two trees, that's better. Okay. Uh-huh. If you plant three trees, that's even better. Yeah, so it's like the comedy rule of three. Yeah, sure. Now, if you were to plant a fourth tree, would that be not as good? See, that way you might be tapping into the aquifer and emptying it of its nutrients. Oh, Oh. you really thought this out. Yeah, so you see, underneath the world, as exemplified in um, the Brendan Fraser movie, Journey to the Center of the Earth, there's an ocean underneath the world. And you don't want to have too many trees because it'll drink all the ocean. Ah, and you don't want to leave the people underneath there without water. No, and the mole people will be all dry and unhappy. That's right. That's no good. That's true. You know, it makes sense that you're saying all this. I forgot that here on your your wiki it says that prior to becoming a performer, you were actually a hydrogeologist? I I was. I was. I was a hydrogeologist, and I was very talented, but I felt that it was not my true calling. You got to go where your heart wants to go. Yes. The heart wants what it wants. That's what Woody Allen said. Yeah, and uh, that worked out great for him. Yeah, it well, actually did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he like, he yeah. also escaped all charges of wrongdoing. Yep. Sure did. Yeah, so I gotta get going, but uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to be playing at the Middletown VFW Ooh. on Ooh. Wednesday night between 3 and 4.30. Is that a.m.? No. Or p.m.? P.m. P.m., okay. P.m. So, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you skip out on the last two hours of work or whatever and, like, come down and check on my set. Sounds awesome. Cool. All right. Oh, right, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate oh, thanks it. thanks for being here. Oh, my DJ goodness. DJ Double Stuff. The Good to see you. DJ only. Double Stuff. Can you, can you give us that famous call sign before you head out of the room? The DJ Double Stuff shout-out sound? Sure, sure. Yo, yo, yo. It's DJ Double Stuff. I am bringing all the stuff. Yes, all right. All right. DJ Double Stuff. Uh, pleasure to have you. That was uh, fantastic. I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I love it. Well, it looks like, looks like he took his microphone into the bathroom with him. I mean, like, I hope that... Uh... Penis, penis, penis.
I hope, uh, penis, penis. I certainly hope we can get that back. Like, I don't know, we just yeah, walk out of here. He washes his hands and the microphone. Is he just chanting at his penis right now? It sounds like he is. Are you raising it from the dead? I don't know why you'd want to do that in the bathroom, but... Well, I guess maybe that's what he says to, like, concentrate. Because I know, like, when I'm in public, I have trouble, like, actually getting it. Maybe, you know, maybe he has to, you know, calm his nerves to when he's washing his hands, too. Like, okay. just, just to... All right, guys, I'm out of here. Here's your microphone. Oh, oh thank thanks. you. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Did he take that with him on purpose? It sounded like he, he yeah. went to the bathroom first, then very purposely came back. to very dirsty. Back I don't very dirsty. And, yeah, except he didn't really incriminate himself. He told he told us he told us up front that he killed somebody rather that than That is true. <laughs> Guys, I missed like the best stuff, didn't I? Like, oh, hey. You did. Like, really you apparently out. DJ Double Stuff told us about how he, like what he killed his friend killed his and friend. cut up his body, put it in <laughs> Man. That's just oh, like that book. I want Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't recall that twist ending. It's very like, it's very much like the Cask of Amontillado. Which was inspired by DJ Double Stuff. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently. He was, I actually heard he was actually very good friends with Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Poe had one friend. Mm. Yep. One friend. <laughs> one friend in the whole world. Well, I well, probably took a lot of work keeping DJ Double Stuff from killing him. So. Except for the detective who helped him solve mysteries. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> all that stuff was... The great stuff mouse was, detective, right? Uh, I was thinking of the John Cusack movie, The, the Raven. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so I guess uh, I missed that interview. So we're going to move on to our next topic, uh, streaming slash premium cable and the renaissance of the golden age of TV. Yes. Um, so this is a topic near and dear to my heart because I watch a shit ton of TV. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, we are really seeing, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to call it golden age, but we're seeing like a, we're really seeing an uptick in Quality television. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, I, I ten years ago, you would not. You know, there were like four or five shows that were as good mm-hmm. as the the ones. They we're were like the about quality of, of top level filmmaking. Yeah. And now it's a C. Like you had your Sopranos, or maybe like your Boardwalk Empire. Deadwood uh, was the Deadwood, first one I was on board with. Like Deadwood, or Rome, or stuff like that. Yeah, your King of Queens. <laughs> yeah, you sick, sick bastards. <laughs> I'm a fat guy with pretty wife. Kevin James, the concept. Yeah. <laughs> <What> <laughs> that guy was a pretty wife. But you know what? He has parlayed that into a ton of money. Yeah. It's like, use that. That's what it, yeah. And it's, one really, really kind of homophobic movie in Grown Ups 2. One. Oh. Is, is, Chuck is and a, Larry. Is the first one better? Chuck and Larry was weird. Was uh, the first homophobic. one was not as bad as the second one. The second one is really homophobic. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anywho. Um, so, let's just talk about that. Like, So, where do we... Like, I'm always a late bloomer to TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I binge-watched um, Breaking Bad, you know, the week before it ended. Yeah. Or, you know, not the week, but, like, the last season, I was, like, binge-watching it and then watching the current episode. Yeah, like, you timed it up, up, yeah. to, up to the current one, yeah. Um... But now it's just so hard because there's so much good stuff. Like I just, I'm just getting into Stranger Things, which, yeah. I for any of our listeners, I won't ruin like any of the major plot points. But it's got this kind of creep show, Tales from the Crypt. Goonies is a meets yes. Goonies kind of, is the meets the X Files. A little bit thing to it. 
But well, it's very, like, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, in movies as well, like, a lot of people pulling from 80s cinema and, like, mm-hmm. John Carpenter in particular. Yeah. Uh, like if you, if you, the, like the, the one I, the ones that come to mind are the guest and it follows. Yeah. Like who, which, who, which were pulled right from like late seventies, John Carpenter. Sure. Stuff. Was also uh, house of the devil. House of the devil too. House yeah. Of the devil. House of the devil as well. Uh, yeah. It's really cool because they're not just influenced by this. It's almost visually taking a lot from it as well. So stranger things, the show takes place in, I believe 1983 yep. and other than the fact that the cameras are obviously more crisp than cameras were in 1983, it really looks like 1983. That was actually the year I was conceived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ditto. There was one. <laughs> um, and so, like, it's it really adds... Like, obviously, the set, the, the, the music to it and different things that they, they, they show can add a nostalgia to it, but the look of it feels familiar, too. Yeah. And that, and that kind of draws you in immediately. You, cinematically, it's, it actually looks a lot like Close Encounters. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, too. It's very Spielberg-inspired. I want... It's... It's the first show where I could, like, I could rave for an hour about the font of the Oh, yes! <laughs> I had font discussions about the, the yeah. opening, uh, the title. That's, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And I'll get more into this um, in my Quit Your Bits in. But one of the things that's amazing about this renaissance in TV is that the quality of the actors is also just mm-hmm. lights out. You know, you've got, like, Winona Ryder is starring in Stranger Things, and she's, like, spectacular. Um, Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. Yeah. Um, I mean Kate Mulgrew for Trekkies <laughs> in um, in Orange is the New in Black. Orange is the New Black. That's right. You know, yeah. there's a, just so much, and the acting, the actors, and the acting are just so high quality. Like something you weren't seeing ten years ago. Yeah, and you've also got well, like kind of like with Winona Ryder and uh, in, a, in another show that I'm uh, real excited about was Mr. Robot with. Uh, Christian Slater, mm-hmm. like you've got, a, you've also got a renaissance of kind of like stars from an earlier era who, who like whose like fame has kind of faded a little bit, but mm-hmm. they're still there and like kind of give it like they're coming back and yeah. like becoming. Like, it was like there wasn't the room in, the in movies for them anymore, but they still were just as good of actors as they have been. So there's a way for them to be utilized now. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that's a lot of it. I mean, if you think about it, um, I mean, Robin, Robin Wright has never like fallen off the map. But and she's now like a fifty-year-old woman, mm-hmm. and, and that's for like, better she's or for, great on that show. for better or for worse, there aren't a lot of roles that aren't mothers in mm-hmm. in rom-coms for fifty-year-old women. Mm-hmm. So then she moves to TV and has this incredible turn as Claire Underwood, where she's like Lady Macbeth. Yeah, um, and it's just fantastic, and and they're getting incredible accolades. And then there's the streaming stuff. I haven't. I've only seen a few episodes of um, Transparent. I, I watched that. I enjoyed what I saw. Um, Man in the High Castle. I haven't watched that yet either. Read that as a kid, or maybe like a teenager, and super cool. Mm. Uh, um, though, <sighs> why Amazon decided they were going to put swastikas and imperial Japanese oh on subway ads on subway ads yeah. in <laughs> New York City is beyond me yeah. maybe, maybe not a good move yeah I wonder if they were they were attempting to court controversy and get attention because of it well it worked I mean, yeah, it worked yeah well I mean it can work good and it can work bad I don't know which one it did it's yeah. like that was definitely the school of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, guys who dropped uh, light brights yes uh, with, with, with pictures of the characters all around Boston and they were mistaken for bombs. 
Never forget. Never forget. Oh, yeah, but uh, the, there's non-stop... Like, we could sit here and go over all the good shows that are on right now that we're watching, and it could, could be ten more episodes. Yeah. But I think it's really cool, because I think what we're seeing is these online content providers that realize that regular cable is dying, and the one thing that they that they can offer that, that uh, the wide distribution can't is quality. Yeah. They, can't, mm-hmm. they, 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 they can't get everybody to, to like just conveniently flip to a station, so they need to have something else. And it seems like that's something else is letting creative people work with a lot less restriction yeah. than like a CBS show was going to have. Yeah, and it's also kind of like uh, the the like yeah the like the the death of the broadcast network like as the as the definer of what the what the content is like. Uh, even the broadcast, even NBC, CBS, they're like they're now okay. Like a, a show that gets ten million people to watch it is now a success. Yeah, mm-hmm. which would have been a Abject failure. That would have been canceled in the 60s and 70s. Which just shows how much a show like Arrested Development was so far ahead of its time. Right. Mm -hmm. In the early 2000s where you had... That show would be... Would have Modern Family-esque success today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Don't get me started on Modern Family. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that show. But, but it's this, but the same idea. Yeah. Though, where like that's a show that that's your probably one of your more successful. Yeah. At least like Emmy wise too, award yeah. wise, it's your your most successful network comedy, and and, and it pretty much sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but if you had the rest of development competing with something like that, then you. Yeah. I, I really love rest of development. I so. do too. I'm really excited for another season. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to happen. Again, Netflix saved that. Netflix, yeah. Netflix, ten years later, decides, hey, <laughs> let's bring this show back. Right. Uh, just, just, you know, it, it, and I think that you can also, the idea, the binge watch phenomena is real and awesome. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've said this before, I recently binge watched The Office. Mm-hmm. 207 episodes. Jeez. And, wow. um, I mean, not all in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. But it's seven episodes at a time. Yeah, on a, on Sundays, you know, mm-hmm. um, before a podcast, I just always just put an office on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, see, I cannot binge watch like I well, I could I can binge watch like if I'm rewatching, I can put it just put a bunch of episodes on. But like for the first time, I have to like break it up. I can only do like two or three at a time. When I first got into Walking Dead, mm-hmm. my wife and I decided that we were going to get into it like right before the premiere of the most recent season. Yeah, so. We just burned through the entire series. Yeah. And it was like, all right, how many? We're going to watch three tonight. We're going to watch three tonight. And that, yeah. that was like our hobby for a month. And then we got it all done. But now, you're, then you're spoiled. Well, yeah, then you got to wait yeah. a week. Yeah. So now I have to wait for new episodes. So now I'm all caught up. So it's just taking the fun out of it. And well, I hate like, waiting. But at the same time, it's like when you're, if you're binge watching season by season, it's kind of like, all right, well. It took a day. Now we got to wait another year. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or the entire time I was binge watching Walking Dead, I was thinking these poor bastards had to wait like an entire like summer to get the resolution to this question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we're waiting for a question for the answer to a question right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the, see, that's a problem that didn't exist until you could binge watch. So if you watch things live, then you won't have that feeling of missing out when you have to wait. That's just the norm. Yeah, that's true. But. I mean, it does suck when you watch a whole bunch in a row and then you have to wait, but at the same time, there's so many things to jump to in the meantime while you wait. Yeah. And then they all the shows, the shows, so at least to me, the way I consume is, I'll pick a show, watch a whole bunch of it in a short, short period of time, 
And then the category gets switched over to, like, here's the eight shows that I'm waiting to come out episode by episode next year. Yeah. Um, but it's also weird in that there's so many things to watch that I constantly get recommendations for things, and I literally sometimes have to tell people it's not going to happen. Where yeah, I'll be like, look, too. this show, it sounds like it's good, I bet it is good. It just isn't getting into the like, schedule that I have. I would love to. I, I'm sure Ray Donovan is a great show. Like I just, I'm probably never gonna watch it. I'd love to I get can... into Game of Thrones. I'm just not gonna do it. Like it's just, I'm not gonna. Or you know what I'll do? I'll probably do what I did with Breaking Bad. When Game of Thrones is ending, yeah. <laughs> I'll watch it. So watch it. Yeah, and that's all. Well, that's only ten episodes a season. It's not that. It's not that arduous. <laughs> like not like I'm assuming reading the books is. Like I'm probably not never gonna get to that. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, I never watched Breaking Bad, and I'm probably not gonna. It's, uh, like I, it's I, like I know it's I know it's gonna be great, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just like too much <laughs> to start. I, I, I get it. I, I I watched it and I did like it, but it definitely had a level of of stress to it uh-huh. that has actually made me like the spinoff more, which is a little controversial. Oh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's weird because I feel like I have to disappoint friends sometimes because I know that they want me to have the same cultural experience that they're having. Yeah. And I am like, I'm not going to fit in your favorite show. It's just not happening. Yeah. And uh, you can tell me all about it and geek out, but, I mean, there's 8 billion shows and I can't prioritize TV. No. And, like, like there's ones that I want to love that I just don't have time. Like, Veep. I would love to love Veep because it has everything, mm-hmm. like, has, like, the political intrigue yeah. and, like, the wackiness of Washington kind of stuff. But I'm just never going to be able to find time to do stuff like that. So we do actually have a guest today. Guest number two. Guest yes. number two. Well, yes, this is our second guest today. Uh, Greg, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, this is Greg. Hi, I'm Greg. Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> Greg is a local musician and artiste that uh, <laughs> comes to join us. Stop trying to sound cultural. Uh, I just really want to sound smarter than I am. That's how we pronounce it in Newport. It's Main Street and Artiste. It's a yeah. musician. 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 Just a guitar player. Yeah, just a guitar player. Yeah. Um, Easy on the artist. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, Greg has a lot of experience playing like tons of different bands and... Um, we just want, you know, it's Folk Fest weekend, so we wanted to have an artist, in, uh, a, sorry, a guitar player in here that, um, you know, can kind of give us an idea of what he, what he's seen in the local music scene, what he's, you know, what he's experiencing around, because mostly we just talk about comedy and shit we like, <laughs> so this is probably the perfect opportunity. There we are. So, um, just like getting right into it, like, um, how long have you been playing? Like, when did you get started? Oh, forever, man. I started playing over 20 years now yeah. I mean I started you know professionally it's been about 20 years maybe 25 years you know yeah. started out off I started off kind of late like almost after high school uh-huh. originally my plans were to be going to art school and everything like that That's so you wanted school. to be an artiste I did want to <laughs> I, I actually was all through yeah I wasn't yeah <laughs> but I don't I don't continue it at all so yeah it's you know it's not like I could just pick it up where I left off. You know? Yeah, I mean, totally. That's all I was doing for, for years. Planned to go to college for that, but my grades, so I was a delinquent. So, yeah. you know, the only thing that got me through high school was that I could, you know, I was decent at something. So yeah. I went to kind of a liberal school that kind of yeah. pushed me through, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, so then I needed to do something, you know. I started, I went to community college for half a semester. And yeah. Just school was my, never my thing. So sure. I started playing more and more. I'm from Boston area, Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. 
started playing with the local dudes or bands or whatever, and then kind of grew out of that because it was all guys that were just never going to do anything more than just be playing in Salem for their whole mm-hmm. lives. So I started going to Boston, doing a bunch of blues jams and stuff, sure. and nice. hooked up with different people that led me to this and that, and you know, and uh, was playing blues at first, and then I started, then I joined a surf band and you know. Rockabilly bands and a touring band. I was in a Providence band, the Amazing Royal Crowns. That's what. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So toured for years with them. That kind of took me, you know. Yeah, so that was like I I loved you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Opened for them many, many years ago. Like yeah, oh yeah, fifteen years. Where was that? At uh, I think it was Babyhead. Was it a club? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That might have been the the original guitar player, Johnny. I uh, I replaced him. Yeah, I got in when the getting was good, man. All that shit. Well, I was I was doing shitty touring on my own at the time. I was in this tour, band the Speed Devils, and we were touring down south, and we were down in Florida in a heat wave. You know, in a van yeah. with no air conditioning and yeah. just the two windows up front and the two like sliding windows oh. up back and leaking carbon monoxide. Oh, tra- torn, you know, everyone in their underwear. The, the three band were so hot. And then I got. Right, you get pulled over by like the highway patrol. Yeah, it was. It was. It was brutal. And, uh, you know, no paying gigs. No one coming to no. the shows for the most part. And I got a call from the Amazing Crowns manager and, you yeah. know, had a, all these tours booked up and the Warp Tour and, like, yeah. all these things. Yeah, air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got to jump in right to the, you know. That's so cool. My first, uh, my first show with them was at the uh, Indian Point Park. Yeah. The dip WBRU yeah. free show. And mm-hmm. it was, like, by far, like, a Bill, show. million times more people than cool I've person. ever played with yeah. in front of yeah. you know what I mean so it, you know and it was like from there so so cool that was a nice ride it brought me to Newport eventually you know yeah you know after a while I moved down here so yeah so I've been down here for you know 15 years yeah ish yeah I love it there yeah so yeah. since you've been here for a little while I mean like I've been here my whole life and you've been I'm happy about it no I grew up in Virginia man <laughs> Well, no, but you've been here for a long time. Well, I have been here a long time since I moved from Virginia. Yes. Whatever, Tim. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you uh, say I've been here my whole life, how about you? I'm going to... All right, you know... Um, but like, how do you see the, the scene in Newport has changed over the years? Too? You know, like, I feel like the, it, there has been like this huge evolution in the way the town kind of embraces its music. Yeah, I mean, uh, people tell me how about this club in threes or whatever. There yeah. was bars that I, when I first moved here, I mean, I was never here for the first five years. I yeah. was always mm-hmm. traveling, and when sure. I was here, I mean, you know, I was uh, hooked up with a girl, so we, we'd go out to eat or whatever, but I didn't really know the local music scene, because yeah. I didn't really know anyone. All my friends were in Providence or yeah. Boston, or so I'd be still, you know, and it wasn't until probably the last four years that I started playing around town. Yeah. You know, I had a band of throttles. We were a trio. We started booking gigs and I'm like, I've lived in this freaking town for years and I've never played a gig here. So I got us a, I knew one of the bartenders, I forget his name now, but he got us a gig at the gas lamp. We Mm -hmm. played the gas lamp. It was a horrible gig. Was it Austin? Was that? Was it Austin? Uh, Sparks maybe was working there at the time. Yeah. yeah, He works at at, uh, fifth element now. Yeah. It might've been him. And, uh, just talking about bartenders. <laughs> yeah, we, we we played and it was you know playing. I don't know, nothing wrong with the gas lamp. I you know, you yeah. know but it was like they had the DJ going upstairs and there was yeah. not many people there. But Dawn, who uh, bartended at Peril Salado at the time, saw us and she was like, "I bartend on Wednesdays at Peril Salado. You guys got to play on Wednesdays." So we yeah. you know we started playing over there and you know I now play there with my. Uh, the new trio uh, that I play with uh, Z-Boys yeah so you know so but it's become a thing yeah like uh, 
the last, like, the whole summer down here, there would have been, you know, I don't want to say killing it, but it's like, it's a house, it's a house party, you know? Yeah, and yeah, it really party on Wednesday, it's been, Especially it's a place like Curtis Lotto where it is a restaurant in a house. It's, so it's, it's tiny, <laughs> like, they have no right to have a band back there, yeah, but it's, yeah. you know, and the summertime is great with the patio open, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's just been, it's like a place to be on Wednesdays, it's been nice, you know? I mean, we're worked up to it, it wasn't always that way. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, we absolutely. had, you know, uh, the last band did really well down there, that kind of gained momentum, and then that ended... And then there was a lull as the new band got going. So, yeah. like, last summer was okay, and now this summer has been just, you know... Lights out. Fun down there. But, yeah, a lot of, like, great music in this town now. Yeah. Again, I can't I can't say for years and years, because I can only equate the... you got, like, a different... Last four or five years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Since, since I've seen that. But I, 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 I've... A lot of good music in town now, I think, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, how, over the years, what it used to be like, or, or whatever, but... It's ebbed and flowed, definitely. Like anywhere. Yeah, like, like all the, so like all the punk kids got old. And they started like rockabilly bands, became folk bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you can kind of see like the evolution of like um, Michael Donald's band, Skinny Millionaires. Yeah, like what they started oh, yeah. playing and then what they play now. Like it's yeah. kind of like a good track of the last fifteen years. Yeah, you kind of have to do that. I mean, I've done that musically just out of I could never just do one style of music and just yeah. do the same thing. You know, yeah, you get into different players and you have to recreate yourself. I think to keep it fresh. No, you know what I mean, like. What projects are you involved with now? Do you have more than one? Uh, yeah, I play with Warbler Roost, mm-hmm. with my great friend Bessie B. Uh, that's like a folk thing. I play acoustic in that. She plays accordion. And mm-hmm. then we have Dave Passamune on percussion. And uh, our friend Bob Kendall plays bass. He's a local singer-songwriter. He's been around here he for years. He records, too, right? Yeah, he records. He, he's played at the Folk Fest, yep. you know, too, and stuff. Uh, I think he played, played in 90-something or 2000 or something. He was playing over there. And... Uh, yeah, so that's the lineup, and I play with the Z Boys, with uh, Amado Zeno, and, and Zygmunt Coffey, young skater kid. He's, <laughs> yeah. a, he's a local. He's twenty three. Yeah. He's phenomenal on drums. You yeah. know, it's like it, it's a family family uh, uh, trade, if you if you will. You know, like his father <laughs> plays drums, his grandfather played drums. Yeah. Professional mm-hmm. drummers, like great drummers. So you know? always have like a really good drum set to learn on. <laughs> yeah, in fact, Ziggy screwed up uh, a few few weeks back. We played a big. Nick Knees in Providence, their anniversary show, and Ziggy screwed up and he was going to be in Maine that weekend, so his dad actually filled in for it, and it's just having his dad freaking kill it, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. Our, um, our house drummer, Chris Correa, his dad is a blues drummer, George Correa, and he played for years and years, he oh, passed yeah. away, but he, we, we, we have these, like, terrible punk bands in his basement. They were playing the nicest shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. the nicest gear because it was always like sitting in his basement. Like, this music sounds so crisply awful. <laughs> <laughs> this is as good as it's going to sound. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I have to ask. This is a kind of weird question. When you when you came into the name Warbler Roost, was part of the decision how pleasant it is to say Warbler? <laughs> like, it sounds like a hug well, in your mouth. Like, well, that's what Bessie was calling the. Uh, she actually lives over on. Uh, Homer Street? Oh, uh, right. Yeah, but, 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 up right off of there. For the listeners, he uh, made a motion with his thumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. A few blocks, a few streets yeah. over around there, like right around the corner from, yes. from where we are right now. My address is. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the name of the bar in their basement. That oh. It's like they just nicknamed it Warbler Roost, and it can't, you know, nice. it was like. And the previous band that she was in, she has suggested that for a name of the band that they were called, and, you know, the band, the rest of the band was, yeah, you can't even pronounce it, you can't even pronounce it, so. Yeah. She told me that and was like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're calling this band, yeah. you know, so. But, uh, yeah, that's a fun thing. That's an acoustic band. It's kind of, I like the yin and the yang. I need that, uh, 
get my acoustic side out because I've, re- I've always loved acoustic music. Oh, yeah. I'm almost more of an acoustic guitar player than an electric guy, but a, more of my career, so to yeah. speak, you know, quote unquote, has been playing, you know, almost all been playing electric. But, sure. And then playing with the, the Z Boys thing that's just like frantic rock and roll. Seen, surf. I haven't seen that. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, Do you guys have really any shows have. coming up that you'd like to. Uh, uh, well, we play every Wednesday at Perro Salado, okay. still in town, and with an occasional, we'll do an occasional gig at Poor Judgment yeah. once every month or two, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, we'll just do an odd, you know, we're trying to get for this town, but well, we, we're starting to play in Providence a lot. So Dave is like always at Poor Judgment playing, he plays so, like Sundays. Icky, Icky on yep. sometimes too, so yeah. it's, Dave's just always there. <laughs> yeah, Dave, Dave's always there. We're, we're, we're playing, me and Bessie are playing with Dave. And Los Duderinos on Sunday, he's having like a folk fest thing. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're playing and they're having special artists come up. Anthony Daniels, Bill Bartholomew, cool. Silver Teeth is coming up. And me and Bessie, will, so everyone's going to do a few songs and really stuff like cool. that. That's, that's on Sunday. That'll be fun. But yeah, we play, you know, it's all over. Trying to branch out, you know. Yeah. Trying to, you know, book, booking some Boston shows. We played Providence a bunch. Played New York. We just played a great thing in Brooklyn at this like art loft party, oh, you, know, nice. you know, a few weeks back that was like, you know excellent time you know, so that kind of like segues into like where we want to go so one of the things that um like as like improv comedians you know um a lot of times the venue that we're performing at really either helps or screws our yep. mojo do you is there like a preferred venue because you guys obviously you're playing arts lodge you're playing restaurants you're playing regular clubs is there one that just like kind of feels homey or is it that does it depend on the band depend on the crowd well uh, Paros kind of our home base, uh, but we you know, the, not so much venue the crowd. Yeah, it's a crowd. Like Paro, we played last night for instance. It was like, it was kind of a different crowd in there. It was still crowd. It was a, it was a good crowd, but it's just something about it was a weird night in yeah. a good way. You yeah. know what I mean? No, like every week's kind of different, but mm-hmm. it's not you know it's it was like. A bunch of our friends came down, but usually, you know, it wasn't all our crowd. It was a different, sure. you know, every week it's different, but, but that can make it, that can make a difference. Like, the really? previous week was just nuts down there, you know, like a mini rock show. Oh, yeah. This it was that at moments, but, yeah, so it's, it's the crowd, you know. I mean, the cr- crowd can be, you know, a more show us what you've got standing there with their arms folded crowd or a crowd that's, like, ready for you to do well and stuff yeah. like that, you know, so. Like, more crowd than venue, yeah. you know. Yeah. Play wagon For wheel. Us. No, I don't want to yeah. play wagon wheel. <laughs> you know, we're lucky, and we're lucky that we don't, you know, we do a few covers, but we're more of an original band, sure. you know, and our, and our yeah. covers are obscure, and we do our own type of thing, so mm-hmm. it's like, we're lucky to have that kind of regular gig and to get paid for it to be able to do yeah. that, you know? Yeah. So it's almost like if you establish yourself as doing covers and, you know, I mean, as doing uh, originals type of stuff, people, stuff that people don't recognize. They don't really have that, you know. Yeah, it's absolutely. more when people are like, oh, I recognize that song, so you must know every song that I want to hear. That yeah. I know, you know what I mean? You're like, a human jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> but we we do still get that. Yeah. Be cool. Well, knowing that a song exists and being able to play it are exactly the same thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> don't mind the uh, the beast. She's just gonna sniff around. I love the beast. The crowds, different like crowds. different crowds and cover bands and like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, one thing I've noticed over the years is that the cover bands have kind of shrunk. So there's a couple of them that have like steady gigs, like the, the, like the Dockside and yeah, like over that way. But for the most part, I mean, the Blues Cafe will do a few like tributey type stuff. Yeah, but for the, the most part, it's like there's a lot more original music than there used to be in town. Where it used to be, I think that's what people appreciate now. Mm-hmm. I think if, yeah. like if you go to a town, you don't want to just 
or maybe I'm just have, I have too much faith in the human race. But, <laughs> but like, I, if I go to a town that I'm not familiar with, like I'm on vacation or something, like I want to check out like what do the locals do, what do they have, like, and I mean that, that kind of like hyper local, yeah, like people want to get like immersed in stuff. Oh. You know, they want to go where do the where do the locals eat. Where are the local, like, where they listen to? All, like, yeah, the local Broadway yeah. is, yeah, mo, you know, a lot of original music and stuff. But that's what I love, yeah. you know? I mean, you get downtown more the landing, like you said, and yeah. the, you know, the Pelham and Those all that. Those are tourist traps, though. Like, that's, yeah. like, that's like it, a... It is, and, you know, so, and that's, there's a place for that, too. Oh, absolutely. There's, like, we just played in Falmouth for the first time. It's our uh, bass player, Amato's hometown. He, yeah. Well, he, you know, came from there. And so he got us a gig, and that was total, like... They just want to hear covers, you know. We yeah. went over okay, that's but like, it's yeah, not a smash. That's like a vacation place. Like, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, where'd you play in Falmouth? Uh, it was called Grumpy's Pub. Oh, I know Grumpy's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I played Grumpy's yeah. once with a McGunks. Kind of a cool, like a roadhouse type place. Yeah. They liked us. We went over well, you know what I mean? But they were sound, you know, that's more of a, that town I think is more built for covers, you know. It's almost like Newport if you didn't have... Well, Local Broadway, yeah. you know, yeah. that's just the downtown. It's kind of like, I've, I've been to Falmouth a lot, and, like, the, I think the, what sums up, like, the people that's, uh, that are there on a, on a, you know, daily basis is driving down Main Street, the Dairy Queen, the line oh, is well, out to the street. <laughs> there, there, mind you, there are, like, a bunch of local ice cream places that are delicious. Nope, give me what I know. Give me, give me, give me what, give me the devil I know. So like, I think that's maybe what they were demanding of you. I want, I want. Yeah, this is cheaper and is actually owned by like normal people. Nope, yeah. blizzard. Okay. Yeah, but there's not a DQ in my town. <laughs> yeah, it was really we we pulled up. We overshot the place, so we stopped at like the convenience store that's like right after it. And we pulled up, and uh, it was funny because we were pulling in and. Uh, one of the band members I won't mention who was just taking a big rip off of <laughs> and, yeah, I'm like hey man a bomb gesture and we pulled <laughs> it, was, it was a sheet of paper actually like, we pulled in right it. next to like a five car I mean a five, five people in a car family you know? I'm like hey man there's a family next to us and he looked it was a Cheech and Sean moment where he sucked it in and he's laughing and the family just sat there looking at us disgusted it's know? okay we're musicians <laughs> and then we we pulled into the Grumpy's pub. We were in the parking lot before we went in. We, you know, we were waiting for one of the other guys, and we didn't go in yet. And we were leaning. Uh, we thought we were leaning against my car, but we were leaning against some dude's BMW. And yeah. He came out, and you know, like it was yeah. So it was that weird, like you know, walk into it, everyone's looking at you, and you know, but yeah, we won him over in the end, so it was fun. But don't worry, give us like fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll be cool. But it was great. So have you played the folk fest before? Yeah. Like, what was that like? I mean, how does that compare to a, like a regular Marble Roost? Or oh, well, I mean, show? folk fest is big for me. I mean, I'm a huge, from the history of it, I'm a humongous Bob Dylan fan. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, I know the site's changed. I think the site used to be over... It used to be where the, pro- where, the festival field projects are now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it still holds the same oh, yeah. air, it's I think. It's you know? Yeah, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a great festival. I mean, it, it's like, that's, well talking about earlier about depending on the crowd that's a crowd that comes they want you to do well and you can sense it that's not a crowd that's sitting in chairs arms folded like show me what you got you know impress me you know there you come and they want to hear your best and you can feel that and you feed off that it's a magical thing I was looking enough to do it uh the last four years yeah well I did three times over at Ford Adams and and I did uh 
a Thursday kickoff party sponsored by the Folk Festival at Blues Cafe. Yeah. Mm. So that was not, you know, kind of, but... No, no, yeah, let's see. Still got the perks and the yeah, artist pass. And exactly, it's, you know, well, that's all you need. The, the free swag. <laughs> 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 the, uh, they treat the artists over there really good. I mean, it's, it's like, it's a small festival, so like the bigger acts, they can only pay them so much. You know, when you have act festivals like Bonnaroo, they can just pay Whatever. just artists out, you know, and, uh, but, uh, over there, it's more about the steam of doing it and the chillness of the, you know, the festival itself, so, like, they have the backstage area, which is a wide open area, and they have, like, the beer at, at the, you know, the, the, the bar tent, and, you know, the food tent, and then they have, you know, the, the, you know, free swag places back there and everything like that, and so it's a real chill out, the artists are just, you know, hanging out there, and it's a, it's a real cool experience. So everything I've heard, it's, it's kind of, the, the backstage is like oh, yeah. in front of the stage oh, too. My God. It's like the same atmosphere. You're just hanging out with cooler people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm busy this weekend. I can't probably can't go anyways because I have day gigs on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So it's not, you know, I could only go Friday and I have a night gig. And, but I don't think I know. I don't think I can go anyways without that backstage. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. Go, yeah. Like you just get spoiled. I, total, like, I mean, I don't mean that as a, you know, no, it's like, it's it's a, no, it's a great thing. Awesome. I would go anyways. I'm, I'm, I'm half joking, but it's like, yeah, you're totally so spoiled to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So they really do it up well, like that. You know, they treat the artists really well over there and yeah. stuff. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you know, a lot of festivals do too. So yeah, you know, but that, that's a, it's a special era over there. I think you know. I mean, that, I felt it anyways. You yeah. know, like I, you know, I had some pretty strong performances over there, and it's just like again, you feel like I don't want to say you can't do wrong, but you know, but that's you're nervous. You're thing. nervous, but in a good way. Which I'll get. You know, I mean, it's good to have that nervous energy, but not in an overwhelming and you know, I mean. I'm going to screw everything up because I'm so, you know. Yeah. Like the first year I played over there, I played with Joe Fletcher and the wrong reasons. And, uh-huh. you know, and I think we were all kind of nervous the first, especially our band leader was yeah. like really nervous, you know. And, and uh, yeah, it was like, I think we had played a few songs and it felt like we had been playing for hours, you know, and nothing went wrong. So yeah. it was like, you know, I think Joe leaned over how much more time we got. And it's like, Joe, we got like, like 20 minutes. We got like 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like thinking like, okay, we get time for one more. I think yeah. it was that kind of like, okay, we didn't fuck up anything. So sorry. Yeah. Please, excuse me. Screw you up can anything. Swear. So no, you can swear. <laughs> we are explicit on <laughs> iTunes. We, so. didn't, <laughs> we didn't fuck up anything so far, so let's just get out of here. No, but it was it was really good. And then we played the, the, the next step. Uh, two times we played over at Fort Adams. We're mm-hmm. really like, you know, more, more comfortable and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah. Really nice thing over there, you know. Yeah, like my crowning achievement as a human being was uh, when I was in college. I was a park ranger at Fort Adams, yep. so you always like help the musicians yeah. like move their stuff because whatever. So I'm carrying a guitar case, and Elvis Costello puts his hand on my shoulder, and says, "Thanks, man." I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Elvis Costello touched me. <laughs> yeah, they like. You know, even artists like well, I don't necessarily him, but I know when like Jack White played over there and this and that, he was just walking around the crowd and stuff like that. And yeah. No one was bothering him or whatever, and that's what's kind of cool about it. People know, oh, there he is, but it's not like he swarmed or he's, yeah. you know, what I mean, it, that's the the kind of feeling of everyone's it, just know, like, like hot, sweaty, and yep. beat up, like everyone's just having a good time. Yep, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the improv equivalent is probably Del Close Marathon, is it? Yeah. where like everybody's packed it, packed into a hot and sweaty basement, and there's oh, you know, there's Ed Helms, there's uh, Amy Poehler. There's Amy Poehler, <laughs> they're just mingling among us, but we're too hot to care. They're regular, <laughs> they're regular people too, you yeah. know. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Anything else? Mm. 
So is there anything you'd like to promote while you're here? Just so uh, No, just that. Parasolato on Wednesdays. Every Wednesday. Z-Boys on Facebook. Warbler Roost on Facebook. You know? Yeah. You know, we've got a bunch of local shows coming up, too. So, Great. you know, come out and see us. Absolutely. They're a great band. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Parasolato on Wednesdays is a fun time. It's a fun party. It's, you know, yeah. it's like a host what, party. What time do you guys usually actually play on Wednesday? Ten to one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a later crowd there. So, it so goes, come to yeah. the family-friendly show. Yes. Family-friendly show where we don't drop the kids at home and go drink and see a concert. <laughs> it's the summertime. Everyone's doing it. Everyone you know? is. It's the best time of year. There's after parties, too, sometimes. It's just crazy. <laughs> we like it. Thanks so much for coming on, Greg. We do, oh. really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now we're to the part of the show where we are ready to quit our bits in, where we talk about something we just can't let go of, we are bothered by, or love, or are just incredibly interested by at this point. Mm. So, Jim, what are you bitsin' about? I'm bitsin' about band names and, like, art, just generally artist names. Not This isn't related to our guests, uh, either of our guests. Uh, great today. band names. Uh Warbler Roost is Warbler great. Roost DJ is a great. Stuff is DJ great. Double Stuff is a great name. I think Warbler it's... Roost is an awesome name. Like, I love yeah. it. Like that's that's that's, uh, that, that's an example of a good name. Yeah. A bad name. Uh, like there are certain certain band names that will just make me never want to listen to an artist. Mainly like those that are like puns on somebody else's name or like, like River Phoenix. River is that a band? Yeah. Well, Phoenix. They tried to change their name to Phoenix TX. Oh, oh, I know Phoenix TX. I yeah. did not know that they. I were didn't know Phoenix that they were originally called River Phoenix. Correct. All uh, right. Yeah, I, I get, I get that. Um, and um, like, there's a there's a band called Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. Which <laughs> they, I don't know, I don't, I don't know much about them. I they could be the greatest band. They could be the the second coming of. George Harrison or like or, or anything like that I can't listen to it because of that name George Harrison the person or George Harrison the band there's a, there's a fucking band named George Harrison yeah I just made it oh, right. oh alright yeah. thank goodness um, so one this, man band it's just well two man it's just me and DJ Double Stuff oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, there's and there's another there's a there's an artist like who's like just gaining popularity uh, by the name of Kurt Vile I have familiar V-I-L-E and from what I hear, you know, good, but like, there's a one of the what like an iconic composer by the name of Kurt Weill, Weill, W-E-I-L-L, and I think like that kind that gets on my nerves if you're gonna name yourself after someone who is also a musician. Would you feel like, better if I told you that his birth name is Kurt Samuel Weill? Is it really? Yep. Whoa. Hey, you feel like an asshole now. He's also known oh, you as... should have used a different name, like Michael Douglas. Michael Keaton was born Michael Douglas. That was already a Michael Douglas. <laughs> he changed his name to Michael Keaton. There, <laughs> like, there's already someone out there with their name. Like, I cannot become a famous director of House of Cards episodes because there's a James Foley already doing that. Uh, you know, if I wanted to, you know, direct a movie with Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon, where like he breaks into her house and beats her dad up. You know, like, I can't do that because the guy, guy but my name already did that. So <laughs> how far does it go, though? Does this include bands like Leonard Skinner? I, well, that's not, well, it's not, I, I don't know. they were, I, like, I, named I, after a person, not a famous person. Not a famous person. Or the yeah. Dandy Warhols. That's a punny name. Uh, yeah, I, I do have a problem that with that, one, that, that one actually always bugged me, yeah. yeah. 
What about Dead um, Kennedys? Dead Ken. See, at least that. Well, I don't know if. I think like that's not a reference to a person so much as a group in a, in a way that works better for some reason. Yeah, I, 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 get, oh, I get the name kind of fits who they are, I think. Like, I think My favorite has always been Reagan Youth. <laughs> that's a great name, actually. Yeah. Or, what, is that a punk band? Yeah, of course it's a yeah, punk of course, band. Of course. Or, or no, I mean, it, I don't know. It could be like... Is it, it on my eye? Is it, it on my phone? Yeah, it, it could... Uh, I was going to say, it could be... Uh, it could be straightforward and maybe they're like really conservative. <laughs> yeah. I just love that. Uh, the convention right now. I love Greg's <laughs> just like, oh, you know, you follow musically or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> no. I don't do that. I was in the same stuff I was doing when I was 15. Can, yeah. we talk, can we talk about why Stabbing Westward is still good? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. I, I still every every maybe two years will go throw Darkest Days on and I really like that album. <laughs> I like I feel like that survived. Like I feel like a lot of the music I was listening to back then. I call it like that's like I call that my MRA days. Yeah, like I was just like, man, nobody understands me. <laughs> <laughs> this really this music really speaks to me. And I listen to a lot of it now. I'm just like idiot I was <laughs> but that like I still like them I still do that every day yeah. no one understands no one me. gets me <laughs> so what are you bitching about Tim alright this might be a little bit meta but uh I'm gonna complain about complainers and and I don't just mean people who happen to complain but everybody's got hobbies and things that they do with their free time and I think that there's far too many people who in their free time like to just look around and shit on what other people are doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's possible to complain and it to be a legitimate gripe, but there are some people who, like, that is all it is. And a, lo- a few prominent examples recently have, have pointed it out. Like, with all the different things that are happening socially right now, there's definitely a big thing where people go online and they complain about the way other people protest, like the way other people try to get a message out. And... All it seems like it does to me is just stifle other people who are trying to, to be heard or do what they're doing without contributing in any way. Like, if they had a goal of these people doing it better, then they could guide them in, in a way rather than just going, no, that sucks. And it's happened recently with Pokemon Go a lot, where oh. a new thing comes out and a bunch of people are enjoying it, and so there just has to be a groundswell of anti-that. Oh, yeah, it's like anytime anything gets positivity, uh, some group of people has to get go on the other side and be contrarian. And I think a lot of people are contrarian for the sake of it, and oh, yeah. that, that's what really bothers Without me. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Just life trolls. I just Absolutely. Want, yeah. I just want to be superior to everyone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thought of... I've seen plenty of people who... Uh, this is like a, a crosses all spans of generations type of, of a version of it. The guy who just wears a plain t-shirt and sneakers and a baseball cap and has nothing to say. Like, you, you look at him and there's no expression who just hates anybody who wears clothes that don't fit the most generic mold. Mm. Like, oh, look at this idiot with his hat like this. Or look at this guy with this band shirt. That band's dumb. It's just such a, a boring, predictable way to be as a person. And, and, that, and that gets on my nerves. Yeah. No, like, that, that's... Uh, there's definitely... Well, I, my mind goes to the best uh, XKCD comic, uh, which, uh, which is um, when... One person says, uh, uh, "You know, when you really think about it, militant atheists are, are a lot worse than militant Christians." And the other character says, "Well, what matters is you found a way to be superior to both." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I found my way to be superior to everybody and not be superior at the same time, and that's by just letting people like stuff, just and being genuine good about it. Just, yeah, yeah. I, if anything, I like to be 
or at least try to be fascinated by people liking something that I don't get. There's a lot of things that people like, and I can't wrap my mind around why they like it or don't, and that's fascinating to me. Fish. Well, I can I can explain why people like fish, but fish has always been a band that's fascinated mm. me, uh, even though I hate them. Yeah, like you don't like the music. Well, but you speak, know. going back to my topic, fish is named. <laughs> <laughs> Fish is named after the drummer, John Fishman, and they changed the F to a PH gotcha. to be fun. So yeah, I have the same problem with them. <laughs> um, but like... Nice because their songs were nine minutes long. Well, if they were nine, a third... Yeah, one of the shorter ones. Yeah, if you <laughs> could make a three-minute Fish song, it would be fine. But I've always been fascinated by people who are into it. Like, uh, one, of my, one of my friends, like, uh, someone who I've done improv with and acted with, Kate Sales. If she's uh, were you ever lovers with Kate Sales? No. Uh, but... Uh, they uh, like she's super into fish, and I always make fun of her for it. Um, like I've and uh, I've always sort of like respected, almost respected people who like are super dedicated and mm-hmm. go to their concerts and like have just a really good time. Yeah, because like, it's something that it's, they genuinely dr- get into. mostly brought, mostly brought on by drugs, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean most of my fun's brought on by booze, so it's like you can't really criticize that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's styles of things that are not necessarily meant to be, but just fit well with certain states of mind. Um, and so maybe whatever types of drugs fish fans are into, the music mixes well with that. And I heard, and I don't know if it's like pairing wine with with a dish, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's just that certain sounds might work. in... well, the, the example I was going to give is I, I heard a, that a lot of the musical production sound in the '80s was very influenced by cocaine. And that, that so many producers in that time period were on cocaine that the, the, the trademark 80 sounds are things that are appealing to people who are in, like, in that state of mind. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's why there is such a distinct change in, from 70s to 80s music is there was this rise of drug culture that was just, mm. you know, just burgeoning. And so I, that's, I mean, I think it could apply there as well. There's... Thanks, Reagan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for a lot. We, there's been two Reagan references in the show today. Let's cut it off with that. No, we're going to get you. <laughs> ah, he's here! <laughs> um, so, I'm bitching about, and it's not complaining, but it's just I can't stop thinking about it. The surprising staying power of one Winona Ryder. Yeah. Yes. So, if you think about Winona Ryder, and this actually kind of ties into the Christian Slater thing, too. Mm-hmm. And the evolution of the actors, Winona Ryder owned the late '80s and early '90s. Yeah. You know, there was Heather's, Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, whatever. Little, little boys, women. <laughs> little women. What boys? I never boys. saw boys. Lucas has. I never saw that. It doesn't matter. But so then she keeps going. She makes like Dra- Bram Bram Stoker's Dracula, and the late '90s with like Girl Interrupted, The Crucible, Reality Bites. So that was like the mid '90s, mm-hmm. was, and then you know, like the classic Mr. Deeds. Um, <laughs> but she's recently, <laughs> but she's still there. Yeah. She's just like taking different roles. So then she was in the first of the new Star Trek movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's and Fox she, Mom. Yeah, exactly. And then she was in Black Swan. Uh-huh. And now she's in Stranger Things, and I never would have guessed that Winona Ryder would have like the same power that she does. Because uh-huh. mm-hmm. she was just like, "Hi, I'm cute and pretty and kind of dark," and then it just turns out like, "Oh, actually, you're a fantastic actress. She is really good." And, yeah. and um, <laughs> not that I'm type casting her as you know dark and pretty, but she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, except for her, you know, shoplifting issue, like she's well, she's yeah, always really. been around, and you know. 
have an incredible amount of respect for her as like a woman in her like mid to late forties now, mm-hmm. or whatever. That you know, stuck around. She's taking different roles now. Now she's playing some kid's mom, but in this like super well respected and becoming beloved Netflix series now. Yeah. So like an entire new generation of people are going to see you know Stranger Things and say, oh, and the writer's pretty cool. And I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Because okay. I've always had a soft spot for uh, Wayne Rider. I have too, yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I think I think part of what makes her longevity surprising is that she was so super famous the early part of her career that in the early 2000s, like maybe just the whole decade of the 2000s, even though she was working, she wasn't in like the media spotlight. She wasn't... Yeah. She wasn't, like, the person who you'd expect to see at the red carpet or that type of thing. Yeah. And so she didn't get that attention, and so it felt like she went away even though she didn't. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, don't know. She, I agree. I agree with you entirely. She did good work, but I think that just, like, the spotlight shifted, and she just kept on kept on doing her thing. She did not become, like, an Alicia Silverstone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, like, the that's like her contemporary in my head of what she didn't become. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes so sense. So Blast to the Past is really good. Oh yeah, at least so sometimes. But that was that was inside of Alicia's window, though. She had a small window where she did a few. That was things. like toward the end of her. That window. was the yeah. end of her window. Her window. When was, was, when was Blast in the Past? Like two thousand? Nineteen ninety nine, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did she? What did she do? Did she do anything of note after that? She like, did a ABC drama or comedy drama called Mismatch. Oh, uh, oh yeah. For like right. six episodes. Yeah. And she does PETA stuff, which oh. is always like naked. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Winona Ryder over Alicia Silverstone. Oh, certainly. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, with that being said, um, just a few announcements for this week. We have improv shows all week at the Firehouse Theater. Monday, we have our Laughter for Locals um, show sponsored by Caleb and Broad and Newport Storm Brewery. Uh, we don't have anything on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, we have our family-friendly shows. On Thursday, we have a Mixed Mayhem um, with different kinds of shows. And actually, this coming Thursday, which is the 28th, 28th of July, mm-hmm. we are going to have our first live podcast. Live! Oh, man. Um, we, which is featuring Andy Hunter, I&I, and, I, and Jim Browse from Rhyme Culture R.I. Mm-hmm. So, hip, hippity-hippity-hop music, musicians. Like, and, uh, well, I&I I is not necessarily a, a hippity-hop guy. But he's involved mm-hmm. so with their booking and everything, and he, he's incredible at guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be in, live podcast, super exciting, um, at the Firehouse Theater on Broadway in Newport. Um, and then we have our regular shows on Friday at 8 and Saturday at 8 and 10. Mm-hmm. Bitplayers.net yep, bit for players. tickets for, for all of these shows. Yep. Uh, for pictures of our faces. Yeah, if you want to see my face or Jim's face, yeah. maybe Tim's face. And, uh, you know, if you want to, if you're going to come, you want to reserve a ticket. This looks good uh, when the theater owners look at the page and they see, hey, tickets are selling online. <laughs> yeah. It looks good, makes us look good. And then we can keep bringing you this wonderful podcast that we're So, thank you for listening. I'm Jared. I'm Jim. And I'm Tim. Thanks for listening. <laughs>